guys? Welcome back to another week of Autastic, your comedian's guide to autism. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Kirk Smith, and my co-host Graham K is here. Heightening the suspense. The suspense. Graham only waits to open his uh, waters till after we start recording. Let's hear the sound. Pop top. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a refreshing uh, seltzer beverage. Yeah, I, uh, Kirk surprised me by showing up to my house with a black cherry seltzer. Ooh, which is my favorite flavor of flavored seltzer. Is it really? Yep. I'm allergic. It's also my favorite, but I'm allergic to it, yeah. Hmm. That's life. <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> that you picked one that you were allergic to ra- at random. No, no, I brought you, so I buy these in bulk, f- and uh, then I give away the ones I can't drink. Boom. Oops. This is your comedian's guide to autism. Neither of us have autism, I don't think. Who knows? That's the big reveal, episode 500. Mm-hmm. But we have loved ones with autism. I have a severely autistic son now who is 21. Wow. Hair's thinning a little bit. That makes me feel old, ob- oddly enough. Yeah. And uh, his, his hair thinning. And tell us about your brother, Pete. My brother is 36. He's about to turn 37. Just reminded myself, I have to buy him a birthday present really soon. Probably as soon as this is over. (laughs) Um, And and I am about to... We have birthdays very similar. Uh, I'm... uh, We have, like, birthdays coming up a few days apart. He's turning 37. I'm turning 40. And... That makes my dad, my parents feel very old. Mm. 40-year-old son? Mm. Yuck. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, we're doing okay. Pete's doing okay. He is, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any news with Peter, quite frankly, which is no news is good news. He's He's been helping out the parents. He's been calling less. Um Oh, he's got a meeting, I think, yesterday. Actually, I should... No, it was today. He has a meeting today to um, with his job placement person Great. to look for a new job. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, because we don't think the banquet hall is going to make it... We don't know when it's going to open up, basically. Yep. Canada is still a little, little behind with the... Uh, the vaccines are significant, I think, yeah. Yeah, we don't make our own vaccines. Conservative government... Stop that 20 years ago, because why would you need that? Yeah, we've had two liberal ones since then, but that's a different issue. They could have yeah. started it up. That's true. <laughs> um, JJ had both, both vaccines, surprisingly well. Um, he went to his caregiver's, uh, one of his caregiver's houses yesterday. We hadn't been to in her house in two years. And he went straight to her office to see if her computer was still there. So he has a good little memory, that little guy, about computers and the internet. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and she was like, he was such a little gentleman. And I'm like, did you feed him something? We gave him ice cream. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> what constitutes being a gentleman? I guess not throwing a fit, keeping your clothes on. Mm. Normal stuff. Same thing people say about us as <laughs> being gentlemen. Yeah. Like, Kurt kept his shirt on the whole party. He was a real gentleman. The, <laughs> the bar is very low for men. Kind of is. Yeah. Kind of is, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's all it's all uh, it's all graded on a curve. Uh, listen, he kept his pants on, <laughs> so um, he's doing good. We um, I'm putting together a trip. I go I travel there Sunday, mm-hmm. and um, so I've got all my 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 living room's got a big 
two duffel bags full of stuff. We bought triple um, X white t-shirts in bulk to do the tie-dye project. We bought these, he likes to make tie-dye. I was trying to find activities for him to do so we can do something besides watch you know, videos. Um, Makes sense. I ordered his candy. I ordered the candy for his caregivers. Uh, <laughs> I ordered shoes. He's going through shoes quickly again. Sometimes he goes through phases where he drags his feet and it pulls the front of the shoes out. So a bunch of Adidas from Costco and some Pumas. And what else? Nice. nice. Bought the whole thing, planned the trip. We're doing so Sweden is kind of like Canada, and then they do this uh, this uh, cabinet of uh, cabinet the cabins in the summer. So mm-hmm. his mom's extended family, the Steinbergs, Steinbergs, which means Stone Mountain, if I remember right, or Cold Mountain, Steinberg. Anyway, um, this is the Swedish Swedish side? side. Yeah, they have a not the Sri Lankan side. No, I, no, I sorry, the, sorry, the Swedish side. They do this thing. They, they all have cabins in, by the same lake. So we have this little compound, and so I'm organizing a trip down to take him down. I just want him to feel involved in his family's, you know, life. Go sit outside for a day or two in this, in this like, lake compound. Mm-hmm. You know, I say compound loosely because these cabins are, like, barely standing. It's not like, this is not luxury at all. There's, right. like, barely electricity. Some of them, I think, still have outhouses. Mm-hmm. You know, and they only stay out there, like, two months a year, maybe a month. And then... Gets cold. But it's fun. You know, the weather's great, and they've got, like, they build these, like, rickety high-dive boards that are, like, I don't know, 20, 40 feet off the ground. This is crazy Swedes. You know how they are. Not That's cold awesome. and not scared. No. Um, <laughs> um, That's great. That's exciting. It'll be fun. Does he like the water? He loves the water. There'll be there'll probably be some topless women. He likes that. Yeah. Uh, not in a... Not in a sexual way, but just every, every, I feel like, anyway. You sure it's not a sexual way? Well, I don't think it's not, it's not dance club. It's just people, it's the summer and they're just laying out. Yeah, but I'm, I oh, think. Oh, he likes them in a sexual yeah. way. Yeah. They're not being naked in a sexual way. No, I, mean, I know yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just European. They're just European. So it's like, yeah. 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 Um, of course, I've told this story several times in this podcast, but when Peter goes to the beach, we got to buy him big sunglasses. Yeah. You got to, you got to. Maybe, he, maybe you take him to Sweden, he gets over it. He's like, yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> I don't think he'll get over it. <laughs> like, you never get over it. No. How is Pete doing? I bet he's fine. He's good. He's. He, I think the, the weather warming up has helped with his good. mood, just in general. He's, like, outside more. He's calling me a little less. Um, he had a play date with friends. And, you know... I, I think he's okay. My parents are keeping him more busy. There's no new change. I'm excited for him to potentially get another job. I don't know when that could be, but this meeting today is is good. It's a good step. It's a step in the right direction. Um, but uh, we have we we kind of have a you have personal news we should talk about. I think, and oh, you're yeah. moving into a new apartment, and. So Kirk was trying to save money and and uh, was living with two other guys. I had that loft in, in Chelsea, which was fun for a hot minute, and the pandemic. And then the hit, pandemic happened, and then it was over. Yeah, and I had to give it up. Yeah, and now and then you were uh, you were traveling, and then you were staying with uh, in my old apartment with two other guys, saving money, and the time is 
to now time is right ripe to move out you are supposed to stay a month i stayed eight months that's all i can do i'm out yes yeah <laughs> i saved my money yeah and uh you know, so and back up anyway you are a frugal man you have a son with severe autism and you kind of take all, spend all of your spare money on him well it's just even like even with him being in a f- care facility even this trip, I mean, I'm still, you know, you still bring, I don't know, seven, eight hundred dollars worth of cr- stuff. You know, it's three pairs of shoes, and then you bought. Uh, uh, you bought him a car. You bought the facility laptop, a car. You car. bought a laptop. Yeah. Anyway, you, you're, you're just and also savings for him in the future when yeah. you pass and all that kind of stuff. State and, planning stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the 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 sort of thing that I think a lot of parents of people who have autism. Um, deal with is when do you treat yourself? Yeah, we were talking about this. Yeah, when when is it okay? Like every case is different. But I'm thinking about buying my first new couch ever. We were so bef- Kirk came over and we're, you know he 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 got a new place. He put a pause down. They accepted it. He's got a nice big one bedroom apartment in a good neighborhood, and he's finally treating himself. That's that's the reveal. But then he's, now he's got to fill it with furniture, and so I don't, I don't have bad taste. I have no taste. That, I don't know you what have you, have, you have no taste. That's <laughs> that's where I come in. That's fine. I can help you with that. But it's like Kirk wants to buy uh, a, a you know a, Kirk doesn't want to buy. He wants to find a couch on the sidewalk, <laughs> and it's like throw on my back. I can carry this. You're a man. You're like 45 or whatever you are, 65, something like that. Who knows? And you, you got to like, you got to treat yourself. You can, I mean, the, buying a couch for however much a brand new couch costs, not like a designer couch, just a regular old couch, it's a, an Ikea a clean couch, now yeah. new couch, is not going to put your son on the street. Yeah, this is what we were talking about. In 20 yeah, years. You've got this weird. The result will not be JJ, uh. you know, begging for food. Because you have a couch. So it's sometimes you you need to treat yourself. And I know that it's I'm a I don't have a, a son with severe autism. So it's easy for me to say that. But I do have an ability. I have a freedom of being outside looking in. Yeah. It's like when your friend is dating somebody wrong. <laughs> Everybody's and if it. they were new, if they were in my position, they would also go. I shouldn't date that person. But you're in it. You're too close to the sun to have a clear perspective of what's going on. And I just think that setting aside a little bit of money to buy proper new things that you're going to use for two to ten years is fine. That's good. Mental health will help your son. Yeah, I agree. So we're picking out a bunch of bunch of junk, bunch of stuff. Dirty, stinky stuff. That I can't uh, even name. Yeah, we explained what a sexual People come was. over and be like, what's that stain? You're like, I don't know. That was from two owners ago. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. No. Uh, so yeah if, you, yeah, if your recommendations on on uh, furnishings, yeah, what to buy. What? We don't need, yeah. We don't need I'll this. handle that. <laughs> this isn't the furniture podcast. It's, well, that would be a fun podcast I for me. I think you'd be good at it. But, uh, the, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, when, it's... When is it okay? When is it okay to treat yourself? Is it a, do, do people, do people, do you guys struggle? You can write us in and let us know. Do you struggle with spending money? 
your own money to treat yourself, to going out to dinner, buying nice clothes, even though deep down you know you can afford it and you're like, I can't. Send us, send, tell us how, uh, if you are struggling with it, how, how, how it's affected you. And, yeah, do you give yourself permission? And you have guilt when you finally do buy something. Mm. Do you have guilt? Yes. Like what? What has given you guilt? What have you bought that made you feel guilty? Well, this stuff. We're like, yeah, so I don't know, because I'm going to spend, I don't know, whatever, three or four grand. So, because it's kind of sneaking up. But uh, yeah, so you feel like, I wonder if this could be better used for something else. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's it. You only get one life. That's the thing, right? And yours is almost over. <laughs> if things go right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't say that. But you got to... Joking, uh, joking. You got to... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Your mental health will help your child. You sitting on a bunch of garbage all day is not going to help. <laughs> you need to be happy. You sitting on a bunch of garbage is hilarious. Yeah. And you, you, you know, you need like you being happy or in a co- living in a comfortable place is going to help you earn money. I promise you. Yeah, that's true. I think. I think you're right. We fixed it. We fixed it. <laughs> we fixed. I'm rich. <laughs> I bought a couch, so I'm rich. Oh man. Anyway, this is uh, got an interview. We have an interview today, which is completely different than anything we've been talking about. Um, and it is the trilogy. It is the trilogy of the um, Alicia Holiday uh, interviews that our roving reporter Jill Escher did. We did the other previous two um, interviews with Alicia Holiday, and uh, she is a, a doctor, a scientist. She uh, has enlightened us for three episodes now. This is actually, I think, the, I want to say the fifth or sixth episode that we've had her on because this is part of the trilogy. But she was, she was on years ago. That's true. And um, I found I've, I find these uh, interesting, a, a, a little um, uh, what's sciency, but in a good way and, and very enlightening. Should we play this thing? Alicia is very good at. Explaining things in layman terms and has a very good way about her of yeah. explaining things, which, yeah. Anyway, I love these interviews, and um, this third one, it, we took too long uh, doing the third one, so we, we wanted to get it out, uh, and, and here it is, and I hope you enjoy it. Hey, everyone. It's roving reporter Jill Escher here, back for part three of our trilogy with Alicia Halliday, PhD, who is... Uh, the Chief Science Officer at Autism Science Foundation and um, a very uh, longtime member of the autism community who has participated in research on many fronts for a long time. Hello, Alicia. Hi, Jill. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Well, part three, and this time we're talking about a very exciting topic, one that you are, you've really had your hands in this one, and it's about sex differences in autism. I think people know that far more males and females are diagnosed with autism. And this is probably, I would say, one of the strongest um, patterns that we see in the autism literature. Um, So Alicia, can you start off just by telling us a little bit about this sort of skewed sex ratio we see? 
You know, this has been true over the years is it ends up being about four boys to every one girl being diagnosed with autism. And of course that number isn't always exact. Sometimes it's five to one, sometimes it's three to one, but there's always more boys diagnosed with autism than girls. Um, it really never got much attention in, um, until the last about five to six, seven years because people kind of just assumed, well, we're only gonna study autism in boys because there's no, there's more boys with autism. So they're just easier. And literally the research topic was completely ignored. Um, and it really wasn't until advocacy organizations and funding organizations, and that includes the National Institutes of Health said, no, 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 no. This is something that we really need to, to address. Why is there this disparity? And do we know why there is this disparity? It's probably not one thing. So, um, you know, there's, there's, we, it, it, it's definitely not one thing. So there are some people that believe it's 100% due to a bias in the way that girls are diagnosed, right? So that's girls are maybe interested in different objects that aren't picked up on diagnostic tests or parents have different expectations for girls than they do boys. Even if statistically, even if all those things were true, you would still have a bias in more boys versus girls being diagnosed. There's also, as we talked about in a few, you know, few, um, a couple months ago was the, the um, protective effect. There may be something about being a female that protects them against some of the features or the symptoms of autism so that they're not, they're not as, as profound or they don't show symptoms as easily. And again, it doesn't mean there are no girls with autism out there. It just means that why are there fewer of them? Um, the other thing that tends to get done is we tend to study just like with boys, we tend to study the girls that actually have that diagnosis. Those girls actually have um, more gene mutations. So why in fact would they be less likely to be diagnosed? And that could be because there is a protective effect going on. What that protective effect is, we talked about estrogen, could be other, we don't really know yet, but there seems to be a protective effect. Um, so it's probably not one thing. It's probably a combination of a lot of different things. And that includes the way that they're evaluated. It includes our own biases about girls' development and boys' development. And also girls' brains are different than boys' brains. And so they are going to show differences in things like social communication, which is normally more advanced in girls than it is boys' under normal circumstances, right? Without thinking about autism under typical, in typical kids. So then you add on this, this layer of autism and then you're still gonna see differences. And so um, the other thing that's happened in the last few years is people are recognizing that you can't just compare girls to boys. You have to compare girls with autism to girls without autism and boys to aut with autism to boys without autism because their brains are just different as it is. Yeah, well, speaking of girls with autism, if you guys have noticed some background noise, <laughs> I'm sitting here with uh, my own girl with autism, Sophie Rose Asher. I have a boy and a girl. So I have a 50-50 ratio <laughs> instead of a one to four ratio in, in my house. 
Um, but Johnny is more severe, right? So Johnny is has a lot of severe behaviors that Sophie just doesn't have. So their presentations are very, very different, even though they're both nonverbal um, with autism, but um, who knows if that has to do with, you know, you know, Sophie being a girl or, or other things, it's hard to say. Um, so I would say this in California, we just published a report on the data from our Department of Developmental Services. And one of the pieces of the report looked at this male to female ratio over time, over something like 30 okay. years. And it started off in California. This is again, just, just the more severe cases. These are the DDS eligible cases. So it doesn't include the whole spectrum. You really have to have a developmental disability level to be admitted into mm -hmm. the system. So it started off more at like five to one, and then it got down to four to one ratio, um, which is also, by the way, what the CDC finds, right, in its monitoring is the four to one ratio. And now it's a little bit below four to one. So it's trending ever so slightly down, but nothing remotely close to one to one. I mean, there clearly is something biological happening that makes boys, you know, more susceptible, you know, than girls. Um, and that California data is actually similar to other data sets, right? So, um, you know, it could depend on a lot of things, but it's still, even, even if you were to take into account, okay, there are girls that show more subtle symptoms or they show them later. I mean, the age of diagnosis is later for girls. You, you take those into account and you add those in, um, there's still a huge disparity. And so there is clearly something biologically going on. Um, it could also be influenced by social and contextual factors, but there is something strongly biologically going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It can't just be that we're, you know, uh, omitting girls, right, from, um, you know, from access, right? Or we're, mm -hmm. we're, clinicians are systematically not recognizing autism. If they are systematically not recognizing autism in girls, it's only in the very, very, very highest functioning, you know, so which may point to something else, but um, okay. So we don't know what causes this protective effect. Um, we do know in a subset when there are mutations found, and that really is a very small subset of the overall autism population that you know, the girls need what's called that higher mutational load, right? Mm -hmm. In order to kind of be kicked into, right? The, yes. the disability of autism. Um, but most of these girls don't have mutations, right? Most of these families don't have, have autism related mutations. It might only be, you know, 80% or so, or 20% that have it at most, 80% don't. So and what could be going on there? Do you have any sense? Are any researchers looking at these non-genetic factors? So there's the female protective effect, and then there's also the male risk question that people are asking that potentially there's something that put, puts boys at a higher risk. It's different than female protection. It's actually the two opposite things. Um, so that could be also be a theory I don't want to dismiss. And people are also looking at mutational loads in family members, right? So what about the girl with the sister with autism, who is a girl, she has a family history, what does her genetic makeup look like? And what about mothers? You know, what does their genetic makeup look like if they don't have a diagnosis, but they have a child with, with autism? So 
I know that I compared to fathers or whatever. I mean, but you know, some of these studies weren't able to be done 20 years ago because people were just focused on the person with autism. Um, so people are looking at that. Um, and then people are also looking at the effects of things like estrogen during development. So is there something that kicks in with, with estrogen at the very, very early phases of development that um, you know, kicks in some sort of biological you know, difference very early on um, that in, when you also have autism could actually um, ameliorate some of those things. And I don't wanna encourage anyone to go out and put on an estrogen patch if they're pregnant, thinking that that might change the probability of them having a daughter with autism or a child with autism. But you know, th there could be something there. Um, there's also questions about how girls and boys may metabolize certain different environmental exposures differently um, and um, how that is showing up in terms of these, uh, you know, when, when you're born, you can take, you could see what's going on during the pregnancy by taking different samples from that newborn. And so people are looking at those factors as well to look at how they're kind of handling environmental exposures. And then hopefully some of those studies are also looking at gene environment interactions. But, you know, the female protective effect, the, f the difference between boys and girls is so profound, you know, I mean, that, that they, they usually talk earlier, they usually walk earlier, they usually are more social. Yes, they do have different interests, but they express those interests. You know, it's, it's not surprising that that is overlaying onto um, autism, but autism seems to be very specific. There's not always this sexual dimorphism as I'll call it. So a difference between males and females in every mental illness. And so there seems to be something specific about autism that is, is showing this, this effect. Yeah, but this dimorphism or this sex difference in mental disorders um, is seen actually all the time. ADHD is more mm -hmm. often mm -hmm. diagnosed in boys than in girls. Depression is more often diagnosed mm -hmm. in girls. I think anxiety is more often diagnosed in females. I think right. you know, there, there are these things happening. I think it's very poorly understood. You know, why do more girls get, you know, that and more boys get ADHD and on autism. I mean, I don't think we, I don't think we know. Um, uh, but there's one thing I did want to mention, which is um, there is, there are a lot of disorders that happen in males instead of females because the genetic defect happens on the X chromosome, mm -hmm. right? So these are called X linked traits. And I don't want to get too sciencey here, but as most people know, girls have two X chromosomes, boys have an X and a Y. So if you have a defect on your X chromosome and you're a girl, you're less likely to be affected because you have a second X chromosome. Mm -hmm. But if you're a boy and you have a defect on the X chromosome and you don't have that other X chromosome to provide you, you know, with some cover, you're more likely to you know, have manifest that disorder, right? And, um, but that has never really been seen with autism. I mean, some X-linked disorders um, are considered to, you know, to have some features of autism, but that's a, a small minority, right, of the overall population. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so when, when 
when geneticists look at the diff, your 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 chromosome, they're at the the end. It's the X and the Y. And if you have two X's, you're a male. And if you have an X and a Y, you're a female. And no, then of course, there's X's, you're a female. Oh, two X's, you're a female. Sorry, X. And there's different dis dis disorders. You have two X's and a Y, and things like that. They have looked at the genes expressed on both the X chromosome and the Y chromosome to look at that. And nothing has really consistently popped out. I mean, it, and, and, and even to the level that can completely explain this disparity in diagnosis. Every once in a while, a gene is found and it, you know, and, and certainly there are, you know, there are dis disorders that are linked to that Y chromosome or linked to um, overexpression on the healthy chromosome of the for the females, that certainly does happen, but nothing's really popped up in autism to explain that on the X and Y chromosome. Um, although, you know, it, science is not finished with that question. So it's, it's completely possible. It just hasn't been discovered yet. The mysteries of autism. Da, da, da. Well, thank you so much for uh, talking about um, more um, kind of interesting scientific topics um, on Autastic today, Alicia. Thank you. You know, this is one of my passion projects is trying to understand why there are fewer girls diagnosed than boys. So I'm happy to talk about this anytime. Good. Well, we'll get there someday. Thanks so much, Alicia, <laughs> signing off. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah, I feel like Jill did a great job, and it did a, it. It abru just good. It ended abruptly. It ended abruptly. Just so you know, we know. <laughs> yeah, we didn't just cut it off. And we checked with both Alicia and Jill Escher. They're both still alive. They weren't hit by a truck <laughs> at the very end of the interview. Um, but uh, we want to thank both Jill and Alicia again for doing these interviews. And Jill's aside, where she talks about. Uh, girls having two X chromosomes and boys having one so that the any um, any little errors of the of the, uh, of the genetic code uh, in man in the X yeah, yeah in the X don't have a chance to be corrected with the second X right I thought it was very enlightening and to me seem I, and again I'm not a scientist but it makes sense to me I mean it seems like it could be something mm-hmm yeah but then again, that's not been proven, at least you said, yet. with no. with autism. But still interesting. Very yeah. interesting. The, thing, the other thing that was uh, that really resonated with me was when Alicia goes, uh, or Ms. Hall Ms. Dr. Holiday uh, goes, uh, you need to make sure you compare aut girls with autism to other girls yes. and not to boys yes. because with there's autism. just too much difference. There's too, yeah. And what made me think of was like, if you compared like, the number the the bench press of men versus women you're like well these women can do this well that's not doesn't have anything to do with men like it's there's gonna be different except in this example the strength is higher for women exactly brain capacity wise exactly <laughs> yeah well they have something that's helping them yes whether it's the estrogen or something they haven't figured it out but something's giving them a little boost that mm -hmm. clearly the men which it, when which in the bench press example is testosterone men produce way more testosterone so like at the baseline, they're going to be able to bench more. It's like, mm -hmm. it's not that complicated, but that, that, that to me really resonated. And yeah, I was yeah, thinking was about that. This is 
purely speculative, but my the males in my family have way too much testosterone. That sounds about right. And I'm wondering <laughs> if that factors in to uh, any of this. To, they say it factors into baldness, as they say. Yep. And jawlines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got both those things. In spades. Mm-hmm. Well, is that it? I think we did it. I think we did it. Um, thanks again to everyone for listening. Great job, Jill, as pa- always. Uh, yeah, you're the best. And, of course, Dr. Halliday and Patreon.com to donate. We would really appreciate that. P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash ah-tastic. Also, rate and review if you haven't. If you're a new listener, why don't you a little scroll down on your little app there on your phone or or on, on, I don't know how, I forget. Oh, hello, Mr. Motorcycle Man. Um, motorcycle just drove by. I hope you could hear that. Um, otherwise, I sound insane. Talking to yourself. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Scroll down. Give us a click on the five. Uh, five stars. Give us a nice review. Even if you hate this podcast, if you just had a horrible, <laughs> we ruined the last half hour of your life. Uh, give us a five star. And then you can write down, um, I hated this. But that will still help us. <laughs> So ironically, it might. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you put five stars, this is my least favorite episode of their podcast ever. That would probably still help. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Out of all of them, 258, 259 was the, my least favorite. But you're reviewing the whole podcast when you write a review, by the right. way. You can't review individual. I know, but I'm episodes. saying if you reviewed the whole thing by putting five stars, but yes. then put in. By the, just in the comments, you put your least favorite episode. That would still help us. I mean, I don't understand why that could be. We have like... An actual scientist. That's a good point. I mean, maybe somebody's like a researcher. Shouldn't buy a couch. I'm probably misusing the term scientist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked about furniture. We talked about jobs. We talked about uh, uh, when to treat yourself, and we talked about X and Y chromosomes and, uh, and what, uh, how it might cause. Okay. And we talked about Pete's birthday and Graham's birthday, and as a birthday present for Graham, you know what he'd love? A rate and review. He'd love it. Good point. I would love that. <laughs> Remember when we got a bunch of reviews when it was your birthday? We did. So this is your chance, guys. Team yeah. Graham, come out in spades. It's yeah. Got a lot of testosterone. Yes. It, there are, our fans are divided between Team Graham and Team Kirk. <laughs> That's not true. And I want Team Graham to represent. <laughs> My fans hate Kirk. Let's start a beef. And vice start versa. A beef. Let's start a beef of our own <laughs> podcast. Uh, we love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week, guys. You can do it.